preparing for the week, I was I was thinking of uh, so many times, that even in my own life, and, and, and I'm convinced in, in our lives as well, they are always either for a short, <coughs> either for a short season or for an extended season a difficult person in our life and how to deal with difficult people in our lives and how yeah, well, let, me, let me rather say how to publicly deal with difficult people and how did Jesus deal with difficult people in his life I can only imagine Jesus had a lot of difficult people that he had to, to deal with so as I say, either we, we, we had been dealing with a difficult person or we are presently dealing with a difficult person or very soon we are going to deal with a, with a difficult person. So now before we go through how to deal with difficult people, there are, I think there are two questions that, that we can ponder. The first question is that am I causing the Lord the same pain in some area of my life as this person caused me or is causing me or is going to cause uh, me right now. And I thought, wow, this person is difficult. Is God using this person? Because there are areas in my life that I'm causing God pain. The second question is that it may be a difficult person that we are dealing with uh, right now or in future. Now, is that this difficulty that I'm dealing with a reflection of the difficulty that I'm causing another person? And I'm not even knowing about it. You guys hear what I'm saying? So, I actually didn't even think about it. So if I'm causing, if someone else is causing me difficulty, is it not because I'm also causing that person difficulty? Usually it is a reaction, a chain reaction. So, uh, I was thinking even in, 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 with my own daughter and I thought, eee, Is that perhaps an area of my life where, where God is, where I'm not happy with my life and that is, oh well, I will, I will teach you something through your difficult circumstances. Now the question is, how did Jesus deal with difficult people in, in his life and in his time? And there were 10 ways how, de how Jesus actually was dealing with difficult people. The first way, uh, uh, well, now you see, we, we must remember before I get to those, to those, we must remember that Jesus was perfectly holy, Jesus was sinless, and uh, the relationship that Jesus had with people was perfect from his side. Unfortunately, it wasn't perfect from from their side. You see, and then how many times does it happen? And I've even caught myself doing that. I think that 
if I get closer to Jesus spiritually, then all these relational problems will be sorted out. Oh my word, guys. Unfortunately, what a massive surprise. It doesn't work like that. Because the reason being for that is that our maturity in every relationship, our maturity is only 50% of the relationship. The other 50% consists of the maturity of the, of the other person. So, uh, for my side it can be perfect, but unfortunately 50% is not, is not 100%. So now how did Jesus deal with, with his relationship? So first thing, number one, Jesus prayed before he encountered difficult people. Before Jesus was betrayed, before Jesus was forsaken, before Jesus was, was beaten, he went and he prayed three times. And every time, he prayed for an hour. You see, the thing is that if you and I live a, life, a lifestyle of prayer, it doesn't remove people's problems. But it does give us the grace to deal with people's problems in such a way that it glorifies God and it doesn't destroy us. I think, wow, isn't that amazing? I mean, Jesus, no, I was, he was going to be betrayed, be denied, every, and, and he went and he prayed an hour for every single one of those. And then I think, oh well, the more I pray, it doesn't take away the, my, the, the problems that I have with people. It just gives me the grace. God is giving me the grace to deal with those so that that relation doesn't destroy us. Uh, those of us who does not live in God's presence before encountering difficult people tend to get bitter instead of getting better. So I think that is a so in the moment that we feel bitterness dwelling up in our hearts, we must realize the fact that we are not spending time in God's presence is the ingredient that is missing. Because if we have spent enough time in God's presence, bitterness wouldn't have been able to come and sit like a tick on us. Because we will be so full of the presence of God that the darkness cannot come in and attach itself to us. So... Uh, Uh, okay, what is it? Uh, he said, Jesus prayed three times knowing that very soon he will be betrayed, forsaken, accused and beaten. From a human perspective, Jesus will experience relational hell. He said, all the pain that Jesus ever experienced in life was caused by people. People are the greatest source of joy in our lives but unfortunately it is also so that people are the greatest source of pain in our life you see getting married getting married is, is actually is such an incredible blessing and a, and a great joy but how often or how many times does it happen that the person that we, mm -hmm. that we get married to 
eventually can also be the source of the greatest pain in our life. I mean, we all can testify fight to that. I mean, my wife must be very blessed to have me around. <laughs> she withholds judgment on that. I'll just that fight from You see, even having children, I was thinking of, oh, man, even having children. Children is an incredible, great blessing. But an incredible, great joy. But unfortunately, the reality is when they grow up, they have the potential to be, a, to be the cause of our greatest pain, or some of our greatest pain. Mm -hmm. I find that the closer you are to the person, the greater the pain is. Uh -huh. Very true. So guys, if we are not prayed up, and that, is a, that, that was an eye-opener to me. If you and I are not prayed up, people will destroy us. Difficulty with people will destroy us. They can even destroy our walk with God. And it, I mean, there's such a truth in, in this thing. You see, the thing is, the disciples were not prayed up when they were with, uh, when, when Jesus was, was about to go to the cross. And the moment that the grinder of life or the moment that they were dumped in the grinder of life, just look at what happened. All of a sudden, they denied Jesus. All of a sudden, they are all over the place. And uh, you see, the amazing thing is, the grinder of life will determine whether our relationship with other people are authentic uh, and whether they are, are real. Have you guys noticed? I mean, the moment if it, I mean, we can be friends here, yeah? and the and moment that in, any one of us start rebuking another one or whatever the case may be, you'll quickly, quickly notice whether there's a good relationship or whether there's not a good relationship. If you guys don't start greeting me, I mean, I've noticed all of a sudden it's getting less and less here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh my word, guys! The second thing that Jesus did in dealing with difficult people or the difficult situation is that Jesus remained silent. You see, during his ministry time, or yeah, during his life and his ministry, people would marvel. Go and read the Bible. We all know it. People marveled at the miracles and at the words of Jesus. Because Jesus was speaking with, with authority. But if you, if you go and read when he was before, when he, when he appeared before Pontius Pilate, Pontius, it says, the Bible, and, and, and the Bible says, Pilate marveled because Jesus remained silent. He didn't marvel because Jesus, because of Jesus' wisdom. And many times I've noticed we as Christians think that the moment that difficult times come, we need to start, start speaking. And we start to talk a lot. You see, James, the book of James in James 1 verse 19 says, it says, be slow to speak, be slow to anger, and be quick to listen. And I think that that's probably one of the difficult. Slow to speak, slow to anger, and be quick to listen. 
So this is the secret how to deal with difficult people and difficult situations. Keep our mouth shut. To keep your anger down is a secret. I never knew that. If we can keep our anger down, it is a secret. To keep our mouth shut is a secret. And to keep our ears open. I think at some point in time you were talking about this thing about listening. I think that is a net, a massive big key to, to good relationships. And even our relationship to God. To keep, uh, yeah, to keep our mouth shut. Uh, you see, do not listen to reply, but we must listen to understand. Can you imagine? I mean, I wonder how the book of Job would have turned out. If Job's friends, I mean, they started off well. For seven days, they didn't say anything. Sitting there in sack and ash, or what, sackcloth and ash. But wow, when they opened their mouth, oh my word, they puked good. Nothing grew around that in, in, in the dust there. If they would have kept quiet, I think the book of Job probably would have had another uh, outcome. And uh, yeah, we may, we may argue that, okay, but I mean, a lot of, lot of, of the stuff that they say there, is in fact the truth, but not necessarily, it wasn't the truth about Job. That is why God severely rebuked them. So, uh, our mouth can be, can cause us a lot of trouble. Our mouth can also keep us out of a, out of a lot of trouble. And believe it or not, if we keep silent, it can also many times lead to a breakthrough in our lives. Don't have anything good to say, shut up. Mm -hmm. You see, Jesus wasn't silent, silent before Pilate because Jesus didn't have anything to say. I can bet you guys, Jesus, if, of all people, Jesus had a lot to say that he could say to, to Pilate. The problem is, not the problem, the reason why Jesus, why Jesus didn't speak is uh, because... Pilate didn't appeal to him at, at that point in time. He was more concerned about accomplishing the will of God in the, in the kingdom of God. You see, there are a lot of, of people in our lives, doesn't matter what you and I are saying. You and I are, not, are never going to convince them. If people have made up their mind about you and me, People have made up their mind about Jesus. Doesn't matter what you say, you will not convince them. You can even submit all the evidence that you want to. And then they will still say to you, nah, it is a conspiracy theory or whatever the case may be. Then the last thing. Okay, now I'm not saying we must we must not we must always keep quiet. That is, that is not. But we are, I mean, there's a time for everything. There's a time that we need to stand up and speak the truth. But many times we have to ask Holy Spirit, so I'd rather keep quiet in this situation before going on. The third thing that Jesus did is that when how to deal with difficult people and difficult situations, 
is that Jesus took the beating. Now, we are not advocating a husband beating his wife or physical abuse or whatever the case may be. That is not what it is uh, uh, being, uh, that, that what, what is, what, what Jesus, uh, when, when I said Jesus was taking the beating, uh, is that Jesus did not return punches, nor did he run from them. You can go and have a look. I mean, how many times? Every time, Jesus did not return punches, and nor did he run from them. Jesus wasn't passive. He was powerful. You see, and we have this thing in our, in our nature that we are running from suffering. It is easy. I mean, we all of it have, have been in that position. It's easy to get away, to say, oh, let, let's get rid of this difficult person in my life because of, of the fear of pain. You see, there are relationships in our lives where God will use, He will bring people or He will use a difficult person in that life because He has a specific purpose for that person or that difficult situation or that difficult person in our life. You see, uh, a Christian life is not a life without suffering. We, every one of us, know that. You see, I'm not talking about suffering under abusive husband or abusive or whatever the case may be. Uh, you see, according to scripture, there will be difficult cases that you and I cannot resolve, but you and I have to endure it. For example, persecution. Fallen is torn in mm -hmm. flesh. There are people in our lives and we can put them through counseling, we can put them through deliverance, but the pain is still going to be to be there. So if you and I and all of us are, are, are leaders here, and this is a this is this is a wow a wow one, guys. If you and I want to be a successful leader, you and I have to increase our ability or our capability on our capacity rather for pain. You cannot be a leader and think you are not going to to have pain. Hey, move it. So. Uh, if you are leading, all of us know it, rest assured you are going to bleed, guys. People will cause you to bleed. You see, the people that God entrusts to us, uh, say that, yeah, the, the more people God entrusts uh, in your care, you have to develop a stiff back to be strong and endure accusations. I mean, go and Go and look at all these church leaders. How many of them are being even accused of being uh, heretics and false teachers and false prophets and misusing money and all those kind of things? I mean, if you go and see how many times Bill Johnson get knocked, and I mean, we all know Bill Johnson. I've never ever heard anything that Bill Johnson preach that is contrary to what Scripture says. So you have to have a thick skin and a very Stiff and a broad back. Guys, Jesus was successful in suffering. The question is, can you and I learn to be successful 
in suffering. It's inevitable. Suffering is inevitable. I always used to say that life is like a, a railway track. The one is for good and the other one is for bad. We need, both of us need both those. Otherwise, yeah. there's no way that we are going to be uh, accomplish what we need to, to accomplish. Yeah. Sometimes, and this one was speaking to me, sometimes you and I have to endure hardship and carry a person that is difficult or carry a person that causes us pain for a, for a, uh, for a season because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is long-suffering. Long-suffering. We want to suffer two days and that is enough. Can it be that that person that is in your life that is causing you so much pain and pain and pain, can it be that God is using that person or that the Holy Spirit is using that person to create this beautiful fruit of long-suffering? Have you guys seen how beautiful is a fruit of long-suffering? I don't know, but I don't like that fruit. I think many times that fruit fell off our trees even before we get to that one. Or that person might be on such a journey to be used by the Lord that is going to be so wonderful and God's using you to bring them to that point. Yeah. That's, and it's very hard, but it's God's purpose. <laughs> Number four, what Jesus did when in dealing with difficult people and difficult situations, he always poured out his heart to his Father. We all know he cried out in agony, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, can you imagine? He walked in the water. He fed the 5,000 or even more than 5,000. He did one miracle after the other. Twice he heard these words. This is my beloved son in with whom I am well pleased. And then in his humanity, he sat on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think what we can learn there from Jesus is that... Uh, Uh, he didn't try to hide his human emotions or pretend that it did not exist. Mm -hmm. You see, this teaches us that it is okay. It is okay sometimes to doubt. It is okay sometimes to express our fears, to complain, and even question things when the pain gets too much. But the, but the secret, I think the key here, is that you and I, when we are in that situation, you and I need to have someone that we can go and express our fears to. Our doubts to. Not social media, guys. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 have you guys seen? I mean, how people, uh, you, even the, you know, for example, that this person is going through a difficult time on their marriage or whatever, or a relationship. They don't mention the name of the person. But the post that is being put on social media speak volumes. I am such, I am in so much, and this viper and all those kind of things. Social media is not the platform for that. And I'm preaching to the converted, yeah. Yeah, we too old for that stuff. The other people do use it. We don't use it. That's what you think. Yeah, that's what you think. I don't see it. I don't look. I don't know. It's there. 
Yeah, you know, it will be amazing. I'm not there, but I mean, Melani was, Melani will just read it to me, and I said, ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. But the amazing thing that Jesus did is he always cried to his father. Thing is, Jesus didn't become bitter. Jesus didn't become resentful. Jesus didn't go and curse anybody or everybody or whatever the case may be. He didn't become negative. If you go and read the Psalms, David had the same, had the same secret. On the one hand, he was praising God, how awesome God is, and all what all. And then just the next Psalm, he said, "Oh my God, why did you turn your back on me?" Why have you forsaken me? Uh, I'm so downcast. Will you please kill my enemies? I'm fed up with the situation. Amazing thing is he always vent his frustrations and his emotions to God. Number five, and this is an amazing one. Jesus forgave before people apologize. Jesus did not wait for people to apologize before he forgave Many of those people did not even repent. As a matter of fact, most of the people didn't even know, was not even, yeah, they didn't even know that they were doing something wrong. Jesus did not postpone his forgiveness until they came and they said, listen, we, we are sorry or we, we apologize or, or that they, they have repented. Unforgiveness, guys, we all know it. Unforgiveness will do more damage to, to us than all the bad that people have done to us. Betrayal <coughs> is what people do to us. Bitterness is what we do to ourselves. We cannot control the actions of other people. In betraying us but we can have we can control our own attitude our own choices that's why i say uh, uh, bitterness is what we what we do to ourselves if you are hurting quickly forgive people for your own sake guys okay number six jesus respond to the father and he did not react when people hurt him so, I mean, if, if everybody that was, was walking on the earth, Jesus was the one who was due honor and praise and worship. And most of the time he didn't get it. And how many times does it happen to us? How many times do you hear it in, in counseling? Or, oh, I'm never, I'm never being appreciated. People don't see the things that I'm doing for them. Uh... I'm so I'm being taken for granted, or I'm always being overlooked in, in promotion. When ha when that happens, don't react to people, but respond to God. You may you know, have you ever think of it. Even Jesus' critics were standing at the cross, and they said to him, oh, "So you are you claim to be the Son of God? Now please come down and." And show us who you are and so on. Jesus just decided I mean, he's not going to react. When people are saying it to us, first, in that moment, we have to decide I'm not going to react. 
respond to the Father. Number seven, Jesus ministered. Guys, and this is also if we are, if we are ministering to people, every single one of us has been given this mystery to minister. The secret to minister. So when you and I ministered to people, let me know, Jesus ministered while he was suffering. Jesus did not give up on people that, that caused him pain. Remember in the, in the garden, I mean, he was about to be taken captive. Peter cut off the ear of the, of the soldier and Jesus, in his, in his pain, he healed the, the ear of the, of the soldier. Even on the cross, he extended mercy to the, to the other criminal. You see, by going through betrayal, or uh, by going through betrayal by people, he serves people. So don't let your pain stop your destiny and your purpose. Don't let your misery block our ministry. I mean, how many times, if I don't feel good today or whatever the case may be, Nah, I'm not going to share Jesus with you today. I don't really feel like I'm, I'm too upset about it. It didn't happen. Jesus never did that. So the secret of this, let press in, in spite of the fact that we, we are hurting or whatever the case may be. Just look at it. Paul, Paul of all people. Can you imagine? I mean, if you look at most of the, of the epistles of Paul was written in prison. If Paul decided, no, I'm, I feel really miserable today, I'm not going, I don't know. We probably wouldn't have had the epistles of, of Paul today. Mm -hmm. So it's in his suffering, Paul still ministered. So, uh, number eight, Jesus rece received ministry from others while he suffered. Guys, when you and I are going through difficult times, God will always send people to minister to us. Every single one of us can, can testify to that. That there's all either, either it's a word of encouragement or people will just come and pray for us or whatever. We also sometimes from time to time need ministry. Don't give up, give up on people because people hurt you. Okay, number nine. And Jesus... Is it Jesus did not associate with the Pharisees, he did not associate with Pilate, and he did not associate with Herod after his resurrection. Have you guys ever noticed that? After Jesus' resurrection, he never went back to those guys and said to them, Voila, I told you. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't he, have the yeah, he did not even associate with, yeah. with these people. And as a matter of fact, they knew it because we know the scripture. I mean, the, the soldiers went back and and and, uh, and, 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 and said to the... I, I, I'm, even though the Bible doesn't say Herod and Pilate knows about it, but the high priest know about it, and I'm convinced it must have spread like felt fire. And they never saw Jesus. The thing is, Jesus that he only went back to his close disciples and those people that were uh, close to me. Only focus on them. It is important, guys, that you and I have to set up boundaries with people who do not repent and who are toxic. 
You see, we cannot blame people for our unhappiness if we don't if we don't put up boundaries for those people. Forgiving an evil person does not mean that you have to be their friend. Guys, it is, it is, it is, there is no biblical, there is no scripture in Bible that says that you have to be the friend of, a, of an evil person if you've forgiven it, that, uh, that person. Forgiveness does not restore trust. Trust is rebuilt over time. And it takes two people to repent. And to bring restoration. So I can repent and I can ask for forgiveness. But if you are not prepared to. If you don't repent. You are not. I think. I remember there was a. Years ago there were people in our small group. First time ever. And I think I mentioned it to you guys. First time ever that God. That I was, as I was praying for those people. I clearly heard the Holy Spirit said to me. Cast the bondwoman out. He said, cast out the bond woman. Get rid of those people. Because those people are pulling you down. Go and rather focus on those who are prepared to repent and who are prepared to move forward. In the beginning I thought, oh my word, that cannot be God. But through the years you start learning. I mean, if you're constantly coming, knocking me, constantly bad-mouthing me and so on and and you con continue doing it. I don't want to. I don't want to be associated with you. Okay. So did you did you catch them doing that, or was it just what the Holy Spirit said? No, I mean it was constantly a, a, a period of them, and, and just one day, and eventually they they moved away. It's not that we we actually didn't even. I didn't even notice that they didn't eventually just stopped coming to small group and so. You prayed them away. Yeah, in that case, I prayed them away. I mean, God actually... <laughs> okay. Uh, guys, forgiveness is a gift. Restoration is not a gift. I thought, okay, that is something to ponder about. Forgiveness is a gift. It's a gift that God has given us, and it's a gift that we can... Restoration is, is not a gift. It is foolishness. Now, I've said it. It's foolishness of people con or to continue associating yourself with people that hurt you over and over and over again. That is why even in counseling, when people are married and they come in that, and the husband is constantly busy cheating or he's a narcissist or beating his wife or whatever the case may be, we will tell people, I'm not saying get divorced, but we will say to people, go and stay separate. You go and stay in a, move to another place and, and see how it's going to work. If there's a possibility for restoration, no problem. But otherwise, just, just, just move on. Just the other day we did it again with someone. Best thing that would have happened to her. Okay. Uh, Jesus always went, went back to people who accepted him. And the people who had doubt, Jesus was always prepared to help them. But 
He only went to people that were repented. People that were unrepented didn't go back to them. Uh, and then the number 10, oh yeah, the other, uh, yeah, and then number 10, Jesus rose again. So will you and I. Yes, we will have difficult relationships may be restored. Difficult seasons will come, but eventually we'll get out of that season. And you and I will get scars from relationships. I'm not scars. You and I will get wounds from relationships. But the amazing thing of life is that wounds eventually become scars. And the difference between a scar and a wound is that scars don't hurt anymore. And therefore, God will use the scars that you and I have picked up in our difficult relationships. As, as God will use that so that you and I can minister to other people. That we're in that situation. Every single one can testify of us can testify about it. Cool. Any questions any of you guys have? Any comments?